G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. Significant things to talk about. You might have heard the reports of thousands of people turning out last weekend for what's called Love Sydney. It was a pro-life rally on a large scale where families, young people, religious leaders and politicians turned out for a peaceful and respectful public demonstration that shows a strong pro-life movement in Australia. Well, a conversation today about what has to happen to mobilise Australians to win the battle over abortion and save mothers and babies. Well, our special guest today says we have to pick up our game on how we get equipped to support women in our towns and cities when they fall unexpectedly pregnant. Jody Pickard is the founder of Love Adelaide, and was the coordinator of Love Sydney, the march that was on the weekend. And Jody is joining us through this coming hour. Jody, a special welcome along to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Thank you for having me. Jody, uh, just uh, give us some insight here to the march in Sydney. Uh, it, it hasn't been a regular thing that there's been like a march for the babies. Uh, like you've seen in some other states uh, and uh, capital cities, the March for Life. Um, this one here, the Love Australia March, uh, how do you reflect on what happened at the weekend? We're, we're delighted with uh, the turnout. It was our first time of having one of these events in Sydney. It's not the first time that uh, New South Wales and Sydney have had pro-life rallies. Uh, in fact, the the Catholic Church do one as well, Um each year so we're hoping to even be able to speak to them and 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 join together um but it's been quite a while since anything's really happened since 2019 and the up to birth abortion bill was passed in new south wales and i think there has been several organizations that were hoping to do something and we had one organization uh, which was the evangelicals for life uh, that approached us um, the head of that is Reverend uh, Peter Barnes. And so they were asking for help as to how to run an event like this. They had seen what we've been doing in Adelaide. So we started communicating with them and one thing led to the other and it just made sense that um, they really did need more help than just a few guidelines. And so we've expanded to become Love Sydney. Interesting as you draw a little differentiation here and say the Catholics have done this and uh, now the Protestants are really, uh, you know, hitting their stride on getting these marches on the streets. This is one of those issues, isn't it? Uh, Catholics and Protestants are on the same page. They might do some different things, uh, worship styles and different traditions and such things, but when it comes to the value of human life... Uh, that life starts at conception in the womb, uh, there's no difference. This is a biblical position. Uh, you know, I often say thank God for the Catholics uh, who really are so strong in such uh, incredible pro-life issues. But uh, what are your thoughts on on the way that people can unite around this issue? 
Well, that's one of the things that, particularly in Adelaide, and we're hoping it's not just something unique to South Australia, but we have really united, um, maybe because we are smaller and we all have to do everything together, otherwise we really do not get any significant numbers together. But at the Walk for Life um, in Adelaide, I think because we started it as um, a demonstration against the up-to-birth abortion bills in Adelaide, uh, we have every church denomination very strongly, the Catholic and the Orthodox churches are there. Um, they actually advertise uh, the event very strongly through their communities. And then, of course, uh, you know, the Protestant churches are all on board as well. So I can confidently say that every single denomination comes to that event and on in Sydney uh, it also was from the people that I spoke to on the ground afterwards um, I met some Catholics uh, I met Baptist I met um, some people from the uh, like the ACC churches it really was quite broad as well and we actually went into this uh, fairly quickly there wasn't a lot of time to do a lot of advertising and the Greek Orthodox Church and both the Maronite Church um, had significant things on this last weekend um, for their for their churches uh, with international uh, dignitaries over, and both of those churches were part of the huge rallies back in 2019, particularly the Maronite Church. Um, so they've already said to us that they definitely want to be involved. Um, unfortunately, the timing wasn't great, so. We really can see that even next year with uh, communication, better communication and checking with everyone if there is any other major um, church events on that we could also include those big communities as well into the event. Interesting, isn't it, that when you're talking to the leaders, uh, the leaders seem to understand the biblical foundation, uh, the value of human life in the womb and Leaders can agree together and, yes, they want to support all sorts of fabulous initiatives like these marches and demonstrations on the streets. It's got to go a step further, though, hasn't it? It has to be ordinary people who are a part of churches. Maybe they're just warming the pew on a Sunday in some sense and wondering, is this all there is to my faith? Somehow or other, it's got to translate into mobilizing those people uh, who are already in some sense, uh, you've got the leaders waving the flag and cheering them on, but you've got to get people out of the pew and onto the street or into some way that they can make some difference. Getting ordinary people involved, this is a challenge, isn't it? it well, it is a challenge, and it goes actually both ways. It goes from uh, some of the more hierarchical churches are speaking down, but um we're also finding there are many churches who the leadership are not speaking and it's actually from the grassroots up. So we've actually got a, a, a mix of both those two things happening that we've witnessed and uh, we are. this is where we need to be able to give people things that they can do. Um, you know, we've got this idea that being spiritual or the best thing we can do is become a pastor to, you know, advance the kingdom. But we're all kings and priests every single day in everything that we do so it's activating people to um, be able to get involved in the pro-life message there's something for every one of us to do in this uh, whether it's um, boldly out the front or it's even just talking about this to your family talking about it to your work colleagues or your um, university you know 
classmates or you know high school classmates you know let people know your stand don't be afraid to say that you are pro-life and and when if there's pushback into that we need to start a basic apologetics so that when the hard hard questions come which that's the first thing that will happen is that they'll uh, retaliate if they are not necessarily on side with with the most extreme cases and so how do we speak back into that as Christians in a loving way? This is one of the things that we hope to um, even equip people with some videos. Uh, from the Americans, Americans do this quite well, even through uh, Love Action, a lot, sorry, Live Action. They have some wonderful videos of how to speak back just to these really tough questions. As you say, it's not always hard to say I'm pro-life, although it could get a bit of reaction from people. Uh, where it gets a little more difficult is defending that position, and uh, there are some simple ways you can defend that position, of course, uh, from the Scriptures, and those sorts of things just have to be part of our our normal conversation, don't they? I mean, you know, thoughts about... Uh, you know, that, that scripture from Jeremiah chapter 1 that so many people love to quote uh, about Jeremiah. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. It's like God knows us even in the womb. So from a biblical perspective, when we say I'm pro-life, I believe God created me for a purpose right from conception and he had a plan for me. Those sorts of things are sort of easy to come to grips with, but we do have to be able to deepen our understanding, don't we, as to how we actually engage in the conversation because people can be turned from their pro-abortion stance to a pro-life stance if we've got some simple things up our sleeve. What are your thoughts here about, you know, maybe getting equipped to be able to do that? Well, I definitely would be recommending them checking out some of these videos uh, from the live action group uh, about the pro-life apologetics. They hit the, the tough questions and they give um, some really good answers back into that. I can send you some links to all of that after, Neil, that you can uh, share with people. Uh, the other thing is we need to be educated about what these procedures are. Uh you know, we've in our nation across the board now, every single state and territory have now legalised abortion up to birth. There's actually four procedures that have been legalised in our nation. And most people wouldn't even mostly have an understanding that there are four different procedures and they're all to do with the different uh, gestational stages of the baby's development as to how their life is ended. So these are these are hard things to hear, um, and I just want to say, if anyone is being triggered by anything that we're saying, that um, you know, please don't go it alone. Uh, we know there's a lot of hurt over people who have had abortions or have been around anything to do with um, having someone close to them have an abortion. There's it's it's a really deep pain, and some people carry this for decades. But I'd recommend them to uh, speak to uh, their pastors. Um, there are counsellors. Uh, if you really don't know where to go, pregnancyhelpaustralia.org.au. Uh, that that they will guide you wherever you are in Australia to um, to help in close to you wherever you're living. 
And you know what? Sometimes if you're in church and you're faced with an unexpected pregnancy, uh, sometimes it's difficult to go to the pastor. Uh, but the pastor and uh, the pastor's wife, or just take the two, uh, they'll have some really uh, wonderful embrace. Uh, they won't be condemning. Uh, they will actually have a great next step for you to take as you go through that process. Hey, let me just ask you, though, because you've just come back from, uh, you know, the big march in Sydney on the weekend. Um, there's three senators, Senator Matt Canavan, Senator Ralph Babette and Senator Alex Antic. They are championing what started uh, under an earlier member, um, the up-to-birth abortion bills and and what's happening with, with babies born alive. Did this sort of thing come up with some of your speakers at the rally on Sunday, on, on the weekend? Yes, it did, significantly, because we had Senator Babbitt as one of our speakers, which was really wonderful. And uh, um, he is um, learning a lot fast um, by being around us about what's going on in this uh, space. When he first heard about the Babies Born Alive um, bill, he, he wanted to be involved. And so he became a, a co-sponsor of that with... Um, the other two senators and from that point he's been uh, really learning a lot about what's actually going on across the whole spectrum of of the abortion issue in Australia and um, you know I've, I've actually he's, he spoke at the um, Love Adelaide Winter Ball just in July and before he spoke uh, fortunately or unfortunately for him we actually premiered a, a movie a short film that we've actually created uh, which is called I'll Speak For You, which is a story based on true events of women who have had an abortion. And this this is this woman in the story uh, going through what's happened to her since the abortion and then leading her to, to seeking help um, for, for how she's feeling. Ralph was so emotionally um, moved by this, the poor thing. He got up there and he, he struggled to even speak. So... Um, it's, it's wonderful to see that there are people who are allowing themselves to actually engage the emotion of what this is, um, but then not just sit back in that to actually step forward and say, I want to be a part of helping um, our nation to do better than this. So Ralph spoke, spoke really boldly. Uh, there has been an inquiry that was done for that bill. And interestingly enough, I think the inquiry would have liked to have said, that they don't recommend the bill, but that would have just been so abhorrent that they actually came back and said they have no recommendations, no recommendations for when a child is born alive in our nation. It's staggering, but that was the, the position that they took. But it's, it's not a no, which leaves it open for them to hopefully bring forward a bill, which is what we're hoping is going to be happening. It is staggering uh, when those sorts of authorities ought to have something plain and straightforward to say, but they hold back because it's not politically correct, perhaps, to do so. Hey, you've got church leaders, some speaking down, some hearing from the grassroots speaking up. You've got political leaders who are now grouping themselves in force to be able to speak on behalf of the unborn. Uh, there's a big challenge here in getting people, ordinary Aussies, whether they are part of Christian churches or whether they're not a part of Christian churches, to be on a team that says, we want to, don't want to stand for this. Australia's abortion laws are absolutely atrocious. Jody, I want to ask you, since the overturn of Roe versus Wade in the US, and there's quite a 
significant divide between pro-abortion and pro-life in the U.S., but I was staggered to hear that pregnancy support numbers in the U.S. outnumbers the number of abortion clinics three to one. Give us your impression about attitudes, say, on those sorts of statistics in the U.S. and how that compares to what we might be doing here in Australia. Well, this is one of the areas that we really can look to our big brother and take a leaf out of their book. And uh, they have been working hard on this for decades. Their pregnancy support networks are huge. Uh, Like you said, it's three to one to the abortion clinics. And in Texas, which was the first state to uh, repeal their abortion laws right back to heartbeat, they're nine to one pregnancy help centres to the number of abortion clinics in Texas. So... Uh, we are a long way off of this. Um, I w- I've been fortunate to go to a couple of um, big pro-life conferences, uh, pregnancy help centre conferences in the US uh, because I was chairman of a pregnancy help centre in Adelaide um, for a number of years. And during that time, this is where I learned a lot of this. And when, when you go to those uh, conferences, you get to see thousands of pregnancy help centre um managers and uh, CEOs and that and they are really growing that that network over there considerably they're having a lot of uh, financial support that goes into it uh, whereas in Australia we our pregnancy support network um, is quite small uh, we are all quite very often struggling to uh, keep afloat with um, financially because there is no government support which You know, we probably wouldn't want to take uh, any money from the government and have uh, controls put over the centres. But um, it is something that, you know, I think that compared to America, there's a lot of funds that flow into these pregnancy help centres. So um, we need to do better in this area. Let's stay on this money issue for a moment. Um, Who does fund those pregnancy health centres in Australia? I mean, are there some people that maybe they're, you know, quiet, uh, silent uh, donors who are passionate about this and they just, uh, they want to funnel some finance into making sure that mothers are cared for if they have an unexpected pregnancy? Um, I don't know, are churches funding it? Is it coming from people who are private individuals? Where do you think most of the money comes from? All, all of what you just said, um, from my experience of being chairman at, at Genesis Pregnancy Support in Adelaide, uh, we had a lot, we had initially not a lot of donors, um, but we had one significant donor. Um, and then uh, interestingly, over the time when that stopped, it made us realise that we were just relying on that one one significant donor to keep us going. Uh, so we then put a lot of effort into fundraising, and so um, our pregnancy aid is by lots of individual small small donors, which is an, it, it's a wonderful thing. There are some churches now who have uh, come on board, um, and more people because of particularly the Walk for Life in Adelaide are starting to realise. So financially, I think we're doing a little bit better, which is great. Uh, yeah, the pregnancy help centres um, need to be financially supported. And I dare say this is across the board across Australia, that it's mostly small individual donors who are keeping them afloat. 
And so the financial support needed for the existing pregnancy help centres, but then beyond that, you've got to be able to have a little bit bigger vision and say, how do you get one of these pregnancy help centres in every town, every suburb, every city in the nation? Because there are women who will have unexpected pregnancies ongoing and they are going to be needing that sort of support. So when we talk about the sort of dollars required here, we're not talking about uh, loose change. We're talking about the need for a mass movement, really, even of people who'll put some money where their mouth is and maybe even their volunteer time to be put into these centres to actually make them work and to see them flourish. Uh, So, I mean, I guess that's something of a dream that you must have, that this is going to happen. But somehow or other, making that happen isn't easy, is it? No, but it is slowly happening. And I think uh, when I look back to America with um, the repeal of the Roe v. Wade, which was decades in the making, uh, underneath that, um, significant things were happening that Australia is starting to look at and, and following suit in, in respect of, one, the pregnancy help centres and what we can do there. We need to have support on the ground so that when our laws are repealed, that um, people are not left without being supported. That is very significant. And that's what happened in America. They had all the support in place before what I believe the Lord was able to move and actually allow that to be overturned. Um, Politically, that's another interesting thing. They've spent uh, decades in the individual states actually engaging their their politics and putting uh, people of what I believe Christians into these positions into politics and and uh, half the states not sorry that's yet yeah, it I think it's nearly half the states had already started to repeal their laws and they were just sitting there waiting to be triggered once Roe v Wade was overturned so there was a lot of things that were going going on behind the scenes for many years prior to the overturn of Roe v Wade. If you were saying on balance, which is the biggest need right now uh, to fund those laws being repealed, and again, uh, people will say, oh, they're so entrenched in Australia now, you've really got to look towards some sort of incremental changes that have got to happen over years. But on balance, the funding of uh, pregnancy help centres uh, in every town and city. Uh, what's the most important? Uh, or both of these have to work. It's like the planets have to align to really give uh, give uh, real momentum to a movement to, to save babies and mothers. Well, they do because most of this, well, and all of it in actual fact, is, is run on voluntary um, efforts. So even uh, Love Adelaide, and which is now the Love Australia Board, all of us are completely 100% voluntary. And this, I know going forward, like I've been able to give my entire time into this. Um, Over COVID, my job's kind of changed and I was able to work full time in this. And now we've decided as a family that I'm not going back to paid work, that this is my paid work, even though I'm not being paid. Um, And this is our gift back into the ministry. And, but we know for it to go beyond um, me leading it and me putting my time into it, it needs to get beyond that and uh, we will need funding for it to go across Australia. Um, you know, it's a huge effort that we put in uh, as volunteers and uh, we're hoping that people will see that 
because we, we can't get the um, tax deductibility, Neil. This is the interesting side of it. Because we are uh, have got a connection to um, speaking politically, uh, we, we cannot get those uh, tax deductibility status. So that makes it a little bit trickier for people wanting to uh, to donate to us. They, they do donate to us, but um, a lot of people with businesses would like to get the tax um, deduction for their donation. And so that's where the pregnancy help centres, many of them, I believe that all of them do have that. So that's wonderful. That's a great place for them to put their money. But uh, if people would like to support Love Australia and what we're doing, particularly with um, our new, not just doing the Walks for Life, We've got a few other um, things that we're launching out with, and this is going to take everything, the websites, the marketing, the uh, all of the things behind what we do. It looks like, you know, we're doing this, we're a huge organisation, and essentially we are, and we're running running on a, on a huge donation by gift um, by our board. This is how most of it's running. Well, primarily a volunteer-run and driven movement. And I know that that's actually quite appealing to a lot of people who want to give to a sound, solid Christian foundation, something that does good things in a community. And so uh, you've got to get over that idea of, I need a tax deduction, uh, to be able to make that sort of donation. So uh, as you say, a primarily volunteer movement uh, from the leaders uh, through to all of those who are going to be welcoming and uh, throwing their loving arms around those mothers. Uh, we're going to continue our conversation after Vision National News. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. What's going through your heart and mind as you're listening to Jody share her heart? Uh, Jody is our special guest, Jody Pickard, founder of Love Adelaide. Jody, in this part of our conversation, and uh, and as listeners want to participate, we'll invite them to do that. One eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. You've got an initiative called the House of Refuge, and there's a website for this one too. But what are you trying to do with the House of Refuge in equipping churches uh, to get alongside uh, pastors and people? Uh, what's this House of Refuge all about? Well, it's at, it's not one place. The House of Refuge is the houses of churches. Uh, it's all churches, in actual fact, can become a House of Refuge. I actually saw this model happening in the US uh, when I was over there Um about a year ago, and I was seeing, I heard about what they were doing um, through a ministry that Love Adelaide actually is affiliated to, which is called Love Life. They started in Charlotte, and now they're also going all over America. They're now Love America, Love Life America. But what it, what they actually, um, what happened for them was that there was a study done uh, by CareNet, and they actually uh, spoke to over a thousand women who had had an abortion, and they were asking them. Uh, questions, very direct questions about um, how they, why they had an abortion and, and, and the connection back to churches. So they were asking them and they found out that 40% of women who had had an abortion were attending church once a month at the time that they had their abortion. And so then the questions were, well, why was it that you didn't turn back to your church for help? and chose to go to the abortion clinic to for your to solve your problem. 
And so the, the things that came out of that were very direct things such as that they felt that they were going to be judged. They felt that they might be kicked out of their churches. Um, and a lot of these things are probably just a perception that what would happen as, as opposed to what actually would happen. But this is where it's sitting for many people because um, many churches are not speaking about this issue from the pulpit. And because uh, they found out this information, some of the people involved in Love Life actually are pastors and then they may, stopped and thought to themselves, what, what would happen in my own church? Is this how women are thinking? Are they feeling as though they can't come forward to us? Is there a barrier? If there is, we want to remove that. And that's where the House of Refuge idea came in. What it is, is basically equipping the church to be able to speak about the issue uh, from the pulpit by the pastors. This, Initially, so, yep. this presumption uh, that is there, uh, there's a stigma, I think, uh, that the church is judgmental because the church does talk about you know appropriate relationships and uh, marriage and saving yourself for marriage and uh, clearly it doesn't always happen in the way that uh, the church might like to think that that would happen and i think people might be a little bit uh, you know surprised by the statistic too 40% of women were attending church at least once a month uh, when they had an unwanted pregnancy there's all sorts of challenges there but you've got to get over this big, big, big challenge, haven't you, uh, that the church is somehow rather judgmental and that yes. the pastor might be judgmental if they uh, become uh, familiar with your circumstance. How do you work on that, Jody? this judgmental uh, image that the church has? Well, there's a statement that goes along with becoming a house of refuge church and the idea is that this statement is read from the pulpit at least twice a year and it's a beautiful statement. Um, you can look it up on the houseofrefuge.org.au website <clears throat> but essentially it starts off by saying this is, um, this is for anyone who's here, who's a member of the church or anyone you know if you're visiting. Um, we want to speak to you about... Uh, if there's an unplanned crisis pregnancy, we want you to know that being pregnant is not a sin. Now, it, when I first heard that, um, I had to stop in my tracks because of the fact that there could have been a situation that is that was sinful that led to that, that person being pregnant. But being pregnant is not a sin. In fact, it's a blessing. And the child that's being knitted in your womb is a blessing. And a gift and so this is where it starts and then it talks about what we will do as a church and what we won't do as a church very specifically talking about that we will never judge you or uh, gossip about you we're here to help you um, we would not allow for the family of God to hurt each other by words or actions something along those lines you'll have to look at the statement exactly um, and then it and it says what we will do, which is everything. We will do everything in our power to support you to carry this child and to be able to be a parent to this child. Um, so there's a lot of, lot of support around that. Then it finishes in, um, in the, uh, speaking about if you've had an abortion, please know that there is support here. Please come and speak to us. Um, or you can uh, confidentially, you know, go to, say, Pregnancy Help Australia. Um, but don't go it alone. So what we've found when this happens, so we're actually so early stages of this is that we actually 
have only got one church that has um, not officially done the statement but basically done it in their own way and I was a part of being there that day and I was speaking as well and when we spoke along those lines about making a safe space for women to be able to come forward if they've had an abortion in this particular church we actually had two women who came forward for prayer who um for the first time, the pastors had no idea. They actually came forward for prayer to, to say that they'd had an abortion and they wanted to um, have prayer for that and they wanted to start their healing journey. So this is what will initially probably happen is that uh, we know that one in three women in Australia has had an abortion in their lifetime, as they will have in their lifetime. So we've got decades and decades worth of hurt now in our uh, in our churches and we need to make a safe space to start healing the body of Christ. And it's not just the women, men as well. Um, there's many men who are just as hurt by this. So how you turn attitudes of your local church, and we're talking someone else's local church, your local church, is that something has to come from the pulpit, has to come from the leaders. It's not just something that uh, sits around in a little group somewhere. It really has to be something that happens in church, where the pastor or the preach actually, uh, the priest actually delivers some sort of comment that sets the scene on what our church attitude is, if there are issues that arise, and of course, uh, becoming a safe space. And no doubt, this would happen over time. Did you say the wording that you've got is on your website? Can listeners yes. can actually access that and uh, perhaps pass yes. it on to their leaders? So, w- yes. which which website is that one on? Houseofrefuge.org.au. Okay, houseofrefuge.org.au, and we'll give that website again uh, before the end of our conversation. But let's talk about a house of refuge. So if your local church in your local community, in the town that you live in or the suburb you live in right now, uh, wants to do something, uh, how hard is it to get something like this started? You might start with the idea that one person has and they're getting a little bit equipped and uh, they're going to approach some other people and saying, I've got this idea. What do you do to get started here, Jody? Okay, so it's very, very simple. The way that uh, when somebody was speaking to me about how to explain this, the only way I can explain it is a little bit like the Alpha Course in that uh the Alpha Course comes in and it equips in a certain way to help explain what the gospel is. The House of Refuge, um, the church becomes the House of Refuge and we equip the church to be that. So this is not about um, giving another job to the pastors and the leadership of the church. In actual fact, the idea is to actually come alongside them and basically what we need um, is somebody to be the rep for the House of Refuge that uh Love Australia is working with. We will help to um, do some basic training, pro-life training uh, around what the apologetics are, what um, basic counselling skills, that type of thing. So they feel somewhat equipped to be able to speak to people in these situations. Um, so they are the go-between, is the rep. And basically you just get started by allowing the church to hear about it. And then if there are unplanned crisis pregnancies that arise in the church, what we're also looking for is somebody to become a mentor. And a mentor can't, we don't believe it should be the the rep. 
it could be, but um, it's better because that job, if they become a mentor to somebody, they're basically coming alongside them during their pregnancy. They are like a mother figure to that person who maybe doesn't have their own support in their families. And, you know, they are the type of person who will start sharing about. So what we're seeing now is there are there are whole generations that have never witnessed how to parent or how to um do the general mothering skills that we've generally witnessed down through the generations. And there's such brokenness now in our homes that what would what would be something that you witnessed as a teenager through the family of just even how to hold a baby properly, how to settle, a, how to settle them at night, um, their routines, um, the type of um, food and how, how to move through the different stages. These things are being lost um, to our to our um, communities and so this mentor person is the type of person who has these skills and can come alongside a, a new mum and and help to guide her through her pregnancy and then however long she needs her after that. And so we're not talking about just one person appointed here in a local church. Uh, what you really need is to have a group of people, and uh, I'm presuming, and uh, I think it's obvious, uh, these need to be women and potentially uh, some older, experienced mother women or those who've gone through uh, facing their own uh, crisis pregnancy. But you need to have a group of people and then you somehow or other have to agree on which direction you're going. Is this where you can provide some support too? Because, you know, how do you get something like this started? Because you don't want to start something and then it fizzles in a few months because it, this has got to go on. This has got to be something you can sustain. We might talk about how you do that too, but by just getting something started, you've got to think about it for a long term, haven't you? You've got to get something up and functioning. Absolutely. Yeah. So we've actually uh, taken the resource guide from the US model and we have Aussieized it. You know, we do have a lot of similarities with America, but we do have our own cultural context in Australia in the way that we go about things and so we've got our little team sat down with what they were doing and actually we've pulled it apart and we've created our own house of refuge uh, resource guide so churches um, if they will come when they come on board they will we, we will send them this resource guide and then we'll work through with them what what that is it's very self-explanatory um, and no matter where they are in Australia now, we have the you know the wonderful um, access to things like Zoom, so we can have meetings with people and get them going. Uh, but it's also we we want to be fairly open with it in the in the respect that different churches had different contexts in the way that they are. So we've also we've got little community churches all the way through the, the big large, you know, mega church kind of scenarios, and so. What would be happening in a very big church would be quite different to the very small church. So we 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 don't want to don't want to say they're, they're exactly to this open-handed thing, in the respect that what uh, needs to be definitely kept in the whole program is that it must be spoken about from the pulpit at least twice a year. Um, you need to have a rep in place. And if that's all that you've got initially, that's enough to get started. 
Um, we do need to start to think about who your mentor person is going to be. But if you don't have people putting their hand up initially to be mentors, uh, we believe you can still start this because it we need to get going. You know, if, sometimes you, if we wait until, wait until we've got all the ducks lined up, we're waiting too long. We need to just start. And sometimes when the need arises, so does the the, the person. You know, that that's just kind of how it works. So uh, I would not be too concerned if you didn't have somebody who is willing to become a mentor straight away. But if you have, if it's on your heart right now and you think I could be that rep for the House of Refuge in my church and I think my pastors would be on board and we can start a conversation with them uh, to think about it, that would be enough to start this in, in a church. That is wonderful. Uh, the mentor space doesn't need a lot of infrastructure around it as you start. You start with what you have in your hand. Uh, so the mentor space might actually be your living room. and uh, But important, no doubt, for some churches, and I, I guess this is where the little church, big church difference might be, that there might be some sort of dedicated space uh, in a big church environment so that there's something that's visible and on display that you can get help here if you need it. Uh, so it, th- this is the sort of difference. And I imagine that, you know, if the living room is your mentor space at the start, you might have some sort of vision for for growing that into something then that might be more useful uh, throughout your broader community. Is that the way you see things happening and developing? It definitely can be like that. Uh, part of the job of the... Uh, a rep um, in Adelaide we can really guide this because we know exactly what's available as far as uh, it you don't have to have everything at your fingertips in the church it's about then connecting back to the pregnancy help centers so if you know where a pregnancy help center is and if it's close by um, that is a huge part of the connection so it's bringing that um, that family to the resources that are already available in your city Um, You know, there might be uh, secondhand baby shops, there'll be uh, um, access to getting uh, baby equipment for free if they really are struggling financially, that type of thing happens at a pregnancy help centre. So part of a rep, if if you're anywhere else in Australia, part of your job will be to uh, do some sourcing and get out there and look, find, you know, where's our closest pregnancy help centre uh, if not, we you can speak to Pregnancy Help Australia and find out, you know, how to connect. And if there's nothing around, well, that's where we really are going to be pulling from the community. You might be asking uh, for help for people who are finishing up with their baby equipment. You know, can we? Uh, are you willing to donate that cot, that pram, you know, some clothes, that type of thing? So we we really need to be all working together. Um, and it might be back to the pregnancy help centre. It might be working within your own church. A lot of this is really basic stuff. It's just a matter of communication. This is really all it is: is bringing out the communication. And then on the other side of it, with the um, women who are not just women, women and men who have been hurt by abortion, and they need support to be healing. Um, the pregnancy help centres, many of them have post-abortion uh, counselling. And if not, Pregnancy Help Australia do can guide that over the phone um, as well. So that's something that um, because sometimes the pastors 
they can they can help with this, but sometimes they might actually need to be speaking to someone who has some really deep understanding around the counselling side of post-abortion grief. There's a thought here that somehow or other uh, specialising a little in an area that you could you could really see yourself excelling in as part of your local church and and uh, not everyone fits in every department but there are some people who are specially qualified and it might just be because of your own experience or your own empathy for younger women who are going through the challenges in their lives uh, that you can get involved in uh, let's just um, hasn't been too many calls but let's take a call uh David is in Coonabarabran. Uh, David, uh, running out of time quickly, but just squeeze your call in quickly. David, what are your thoughts? Oh, yeah, good day, Neil. Thank you. Um, look, I just wanted to say, uh, could we please have this conversation again and again and again? This is such a key issue for the nation. And um, we, 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 you know, myself included, many of us need to really step up and pray in this area. And I uh, just want to say to Jody, thank you so much. For you're a brave woman. Thank you for stepping up and uh, speaking up for life. David, special honour to you for calling in and making that encouragement. Uh, Jody, have you got a, a response here for David? Oh, thank you. You know what? I, I sit here and I'm representing uh, thousands and thousands of people uh, I, all across our nation. I, I'm involved with the Pregnancy Help Centres, uh, Pregnancy Help Australia, very much so. We need to get behind that organisation. They're amazing. Uh, the President, Lara, is a good friend of mine. And, you know, there are people all over our nation who are, are on the ground who you don't even know are doing this work. It's uh, it, it's something that doesn't get recognised very much at all, but it's it's really, really uh, well, it's an essential part of of caring. Um, this is something that the churches we used to always do, um, and for some reason it's kind of gone away from the church. But it needs to come back to the church. Uh, another thing that Pregnancy Help Australia is doing, which works in beautifully for the House of Refuge, is they've got another um, ministry that they're looking at called Hubs of Love because they know that it's really hard to start up a pregnancy help centre, but they don't want to, they're trying to remove the barriers for that as well to say, look, even if you've just got um, a spare room in your church, you could even become a little mini uh, pregnancy help centre, uh, which if you had didn't have a pregnancy help centre in your area and you became a house of refuge church, uh, it would work beautifully that eventually you become a little mini uh, pregnancy help centre as well that you could then have some of the resources such as, you know, the baby clothes and some of the equipment and that type of thing actually ready at your church. If there is nowhere else within, say, an hour or so from you, you could become that. So all of all of these things do dovetail in beautifully. Uh, we would love to see this happening all across Australia and then we would be well positioned to then have our have the political side of it hit the law and and start repealing our our abortion laws because it does make a difference when the laws are retracted the abortions do numbers go way down way way down uh, David in Coonabarabran, thank you so much for your call. It is an inspiration and we have run out of time. But while we've been probably talking mostly to women, interesting, isn't it, that David picked up the, the phone and he wanted to just, you know, 
shower you with a little bit of uh, love and praise there for what you're doing. But uh, there's something here for everyone. Uh, And we're not talking about just churches in big regional centers or in capital cities, but the church that you are a part of in your local community, wherever you are listening to us around Australia today, this is something that could be a dimension of your local church's ministry. And I'm going to give you a number of websites here, and I'll I'll stand uh, to be corrected if I get any of these wrong, because there's a number of these. The House of Refuge website, houseofrefuge.org.au. The short film that Jody mentioned, which will be an inspiration if you watch this, I'll speak for you.com. So I-L-L speak for you.com. There is the new website we've been mentioning called loveaustralia.org.au. It's loveaustralia.org.au. And for those who want to go a little deeper, Jody mentioned the group called Live Action, and they have some online apologetics. There's also other groups like Pregnancy Help Australia. Uh, They've got uh, those centres with those hubs of love uh, all over the country in different places, about 35 centres. So there might be one just near you. Uh, Simply Google Pregnancy Help Australia to get a hold of them. Jodie, did I miss any of the the websites that you were talking about? I I think... Did you do the House of Refuge? <laughs> that was the first one we did. So, yes, but houseofrefuge.org.au. If you're thinking, which is the best one, a priority one to look at today? Houseofrefuge.org.au. I yep, could have gone on to mention Love Adelaide and Love Sydney, but houseofrefuge.org.au. Jody, thank you so much for taking some time to share your heart with our listeners today on 2020. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.